Boozed and Confused is a comedy and weird topic podcast. Adult language may be used probably by me. While our episode topics may be educational in nature, we are not responsible if your children start dropping the F-bomb to their kindergarten class. Listener discretion is advised. Everybody. Hi. I am Carol Ann. This is Matt. And welcome back to another episode of Boost and Confused. Not just any episode. It's not just any episode. It's our anniversary of the podcast. <laughs> um, I think technically we should actually push it back a few weeks, a few episodes, because, you know, we missed a few. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Therefore, we're not at like episode 56 or whatever. No, November. we're close, though. No, we're not. We're pretty close. No. Do you even know what episode we're at? No. Like 40. I think this is episode 48. Right. And that's that's far enough Look, away from 56 <laughs> that it shouldn't it shouldn't count as our anniversary. This is merely a date-aversary. All right. Well, you're not wrong. I'm just an asshole. <laughs> Shut up. You Shut up. You said that earlier, and then you deleted it. Earlier being I about thought, 25 seconds I ago. thought it belonged. <laughs> No. Whatever. It's fine. I'm not wrong. I'm just an asshole. I'm a little spicy today. That's all. Uh, so yeah, no, it is our stop making faces. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to not look at you while we do this episode. That's fine. Um but yeah, no, it is our anniversary of the pod. So a year ago, uh we published our first episode and I think we've come a long way. If you've listened to our OG episodes, um we have changed the format. We like have an intro. Um, I don't know. I think I think we've we've changed quite a bit. Um, but do you remember what our first episode was? Yeah, we were in a cabin or something. Yeah. And I did a ghost ship, or you did a ghost. Sh- it it was it was ghosts. Yeah, we did a ghost theme, and I did the ghost ship high aim six, and you did Victorian ghosts, and I think. That was the episode that we discovered that Victorian ghosts are really just the product of capitalism. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, so in honor of our anniversary, we're going to cover another anniversary topic that is a subject we haven't touched yet for good reason, because it's not totally up our wheelhouse, but um, I think it's something that's always interested me and I've never really got into the details until now. Um, so it's the 133rd anniversary of the suspected beginning of Jack the Ripper's murders. Hey. Which is maybe not as exciting of an anniversary as ours. Or maybe it's more exciting. I don't know. It depends on where you fall in that spectrum. But um, before we get into that. Um, just want to say happy anniversary to Jack. <laughs> no. Um, just some housekeeping items. Um, so the first one is... Uh, we're on all your favorite social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if uh, you want to send some cool shit to us, we'll always post it. Um, if you want to send us like a topic request, you could totally do that. Slide into those DMs. Um, if social media isn't your thing, you can shoot us an email at boostandconfusedpodcast at gmail.com. Um, 
Let's see, what else? Uh, if you like the pod and you want to support us, the best way you could do that is by leaving us a review um, or just like rating us. You don't even have to say anything, um, I think, in most cases. But uh, especially if you're on one of the app, I think it's like Apple Podcasts, iTunes. I don't know. I should look into what it is. But um, it really does make a difference, especially for the small pods, the independent pods that you listen to. Um, I'm sure that they would totally appreciate it. And uh, the cool thing about our pod is if you leave us a review and you take a screenshot and send it to us, we'll send you some Boost and Confused stickers for free. It might be time to like upgrade some of the, the swag now that we've been at it for a year. But also we have about 3,000 stickers left <laughs> Just We also don't the original make- batch. <laughs> We don't make any money to like upgrade anything. Yeah, this well, is just this more is money just... we're spending. Wow. Wow. That's think... how you look at this, just an expense. You don't... don't look at this as anything fun or I don't think the producer would appreciate the that. Executive, the producer? executive producer. I don't She's think not here right now. That. Uh yeah, the executive producer, we don't have to worry about uh tiptoeing around uh her nap time or anything. Uh she's not here right now, so also it's probably Well, she's gonna hear this, so <laughs> at some point. <laughs> Um, all right. What else? What are we drinking? <sighs> um, we both have like citrusy IPAs. Yeah. Mine's a Sun Crusher Summer Ale. It's by Revolution. I have I have one of their flags uh, hanging in my garage. Um, it's it's behind all the boxes. There's a lot of stuff in the garage right now. Once it's everything but shelves, a garage. Once we get those shelves, yeah, that's gonna be the game changer. It's really <laughs> gonna be the game changer. Okay. Just gotta kind of make that happen. Yeah, yeah, I totally believe that. Uh, no, it's um, Revolution Brewing, uh, probably my favorite brewers, uh, who are relatively independent. I think there's the independent uh, picture on somewhere. Maybe not. Nah, they're cool. They're indie. Revolution. Uh, Brewing, please sponsor me. <laughs> We're desperate. <laughs> um, and then I am drinking a Tangerine Express Hazy IPA by Stone Brewing. Um, it's a hazy India pale ale with tangerine and pineapple. And it's also 6.7%, which is a little bit harder than... I mean, it's like nothing, but you got to remember I didn't drink for a long time. So those hops hit hard these days, but that's fine. Yeah, usually I'm the one drinking the heavier stuff, and here we are. Uh, I need it today. Flipping. I I need it today. Yes, you do. But you know what? You know who has to deal with it? Is it you? It's me. Oh, God. For a glimpse in uh, behind the scenes, I won't get into all the details. But We've spent two months living with a baby, um, and my wife has been watching primarily hgtv with a lot of trash tv mixed in we don't talk about that so and she decided that it's time to paint to repaint the first floor yeah and it was a good choice wasn't it yeah today up and yeah up Up until until, today and then i spilled an entire half gallon of paint directly on the floor onto the hardwood floors um i spilled it onto the dining room rug the dining room furniture uh the rug is in the garbage the floor is fine uh, my ego is not. So we'll leave it at that. And I need this beer. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we can get into the pod now. Um, 
So Jack the Ripper story could probably be made into its own podcast, and I am actually sure that it is its own podcast it in definitely is. one way or another, uh, because there's a lot of details, and we're not going into that level of depth. The most that it might be might be like a two-parter episode, um, because I think this might just get a little bit long. So one of the things that I think keeps Jack the Ripper's story interesting is that um, since like the late 1800s obviously like the identity hasn't really been solved it's also considered one of the first serial killers to be like internationally i don't know talked about so i think hh H. holmes is considered like the first official serial killer um shout out chicago <laughs> but um yeah i think like there's this whole section that talks about uh how with like uh tax reforms basically more money got put into the media that was able to like talk about the story a lot more and it became like a media frenzy um for obviously good reasons but i'm not sure that we'll ever actually learn his identity um unless maybe like one of his great 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 grandkids does like an ancestry dna test um which just kidding i'm sure they didn't really have like dna testing back then i didn't didn't check no i don't even think they knew how to like wash their hands <laughs> okay yeah totally fair um so we're gonna get into it but uh, i'm sure everybody is familiar with jack the ripper at a high level but uh if you're not he was a serial killer that preyed on like primarily female prostitutes who like frequented the slums of the east end of london and they were either working there or living there or both and the name jack the ripper came from a letter that was written by someone who claimed to be the killer um, and that letter was published at the time of the murders. I think we'll, I think the two-parter will be, uh, the next episode will be about the letters because there's a lot and I didn't want to cram it at the end, but I think they're really, really interesting. Um, but the TLDR is that there were like hundreds of letters sent and there's like four that are pretty infamous. Um, so, I mean, you could also totally look it up yourselves if, uh, it's interesting to you, but, um, Yeah. Before we get into it, I just want to say, this should be super obvious, um, but the rest of this episode is going to contain graphic information. So if that's not your jam, thanks so much for joining today. We'll see you next week where we talk about the letters, uh, but it's going to get a little bit uh, more, I don't know, gruesome than probably our other episodes usually do because we don't typically do uh, true crime. Also, I said last week, I think, that this week was going to be a Matt episode, and I obviously lied. So, Yeah, I'm just chilling over here. I'm just chilling. But all right. So, our story starts August 31st, uh, 1888, with Mary Ann Nichols. And Mary Ann is considered the first canonical victim of Jack the Rippers, and she was last seen alive by a woman named Emily Holland, um, and she was walking down alone uh, on Osborne Street at 2.30 in the morning, which is about more or less an hour before her death. Well, nothing good happens after 2 o'clock anyways. No. They always say 2 o'clock is like anything after that. It's just not good. It's just not going to be good. Not good. 2 o'clock was usually the time that I would uh, go to like TBK, you know, after parties in Greektown. Oh, no. I'd still be going strong at um, the Garden of Eden, uh, Club E. <laughs> it's disgusting. Till 4 a.m. 
Um, so Holland notes that Nichols was drunk and, you know, said she didn't really seem concerned about, like, needing to earn money for her bed that night. So Holland and Nichols shared a bed in the same lodge, if you will. Um, and so, you know, Holland tried to convince Nichols to go back to the lodge with her, and she would not. So fast forward a little bit, it's around 3.40 in the morning, and Charles Ellen Cross comes across what he thinks is this, like, tarp on the ground um, in front of, like, a gated stable entrance in Bucks Row in Whitechapel. And so he gets a little bit closer, and to his complete surprise, it's not a tarp, it's a woman's body. Um, And so she's on her back, her eyes are, like, open, legs are straight, skirts above her knees, and her left hand is, like, touching the gate of the entrance is this why you were telling me that the word tarp is short for something <laughs> so, as i was doing this research there was a word that i've never seen before like tarp tarp tarpule or something like that i was like what the hell is that and then i i googled it and it was just tarp so tarp is short for a, a longer another word, word. yeah tarp yeah um so i learned something today i learned a lot of things today but that one was interesting so um Another man comes by. His name is Robert Paul, and he's passing by, and Cross calls him over uh, as he's, like, examining the body. So they're both examining the body at this point, and Cross says her face is still warm, but her hands were cold, Um, and Cross says, well, she's dead, and Paul says, "Mm, I think she's unconscious. So they find a police officer, they let him know, and then they just fucking go to work afterwards. Which I... Of course. What? Of course. And also... The whole, like, not knowing if someone's dead or not, that was, like, a, actually a, a problem. Yeah. A uh, long time ago. You'd, you'd find people, uh, like, dead at a bar, but they were just really, really drunk. And then yeah. they'd, they'd bury them, and then they'd, like, uh, hear screaming, or they'd, they'd, I don't know why they would, but they'd pull the body back up, and there'd be, like, scratch marks in there. And they'd be like, oh, oh. they weren't dead, which is why they had that little bell. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, th- I think what I was reading indicated that, that they had assumed that she was potentially just like super intoxicated. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah, no. Okay. So pretty much from here, there's like a chain of people that get involved after this. And it comes to, um, this surgeon named Dr. Llewellyn who, uh, gets there around four o'clock in the morning and observes two deep knife wounds to her throat pretty quickly is like, yep, she's dead. Um, but because her body and legs were still warm, she had only been dead for about 30 minutes, he said. So he also goes home after this, <laughs> which I guess like maybe that's part of his job and it's a little bit more normal. But can you imagine going into the office and being like, you guys will never fucking believe what I just saw? Because I don't think that um, that was like super common back in the day. I can't really imagine that like London was littered with bodies all over the place to where it was just like normal place but common place there we go that's what i'm looking for <laughs> you know i don't know if uh i don't know i mean personally i think if i saw a dead body i would be able to if there were like three to five bodies in a line in front of me and one was dead or all were dead but one i'd be able to figure out which one it, who was alive and dead yeah I've, i think i've yeah. picked up enough yeah stuff I feel like I've seen enough episodes of, like, CSI, Law & Order, that, like, I could probably... Well, to be fair, they didn't have those back in the day, so... Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Just weird to me. So, 
they move her body back to the old Montague Street mortuary around 520, and then Dr. Llewellyn is called back um, by this inspector after they find uh, abdominal wounds. And so Dr. Llewellyn finds both sides of her face had been bruised by a fist or the pressure of a thumb before her throat wounds were inflicted. Her throat throat wounds uh, both reached to the back of her um, vertebral column. I know what that is. (laughs) Um, Her vagina had been stabbed twice. Her abdomen was mutilated with one deep jagged wound. Her bowels were protruding through the wounds. All cuts to her body were deemed uh, to have been made with the same knife and maybe a cork cutter or a shoemaker's knife. So, like, obviously pretty fucking brutal. So she's not just unconscious? No. Yeah, no, I don't think she just had too much to drink. I think she was pretty dead. Um, and the worst part, no spoilers, I guess, for the rest of the episode, but the worst part is, like, this is one of the least gruesome murders from the five that we'll be talking about. I, I mean, honestly, like, I knew about Jack the Ripper, but I had no idea the details of all of the murders, and it's just disturbing and horrifying um so from all of this the doctor makes a comment that there's just like so little blood at the crime scene for what is such a brutal murder and he said that her death was probably instantaneous and that the abdominal injuries were post-mortem also important to note some foreshadowing no organs were taken so that would have been common because the scientists were trying to figure out how stuff worked is is that not a thing like the 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 people who would steal the bodies from the graves in this era oh maybe that's yes maybe that's another pod episode the body snatchers the body yeah that could be we'll write that down not like the movie the body snatchers but like people would get paid to steal like freshly dead corpses and they'd, they'd give them to a scientist who would then do like cuts and have other scientists like study interesting yeah yeah i guess science isn't always ethical no 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 uh so a week later comes by and it's september 8th 1888 and annie chapman's body is found just before 6 a.m near the steps to the doorway of the backyard of 29 hanbury street Um, And her body is discovered by a man named John Davis, who's like an elderly resident at 29 Hanbury Street. Did he think she was unconscious and just went to work? There was. (laughs) Oh, she's probably fine. She'll she'll wake up. Um, But uh, so she's the second victim. And it's worth noting that around 5 a.m. There is another man who's the son of a resident of the building. The son is named John Richardson. Um, so he's outside at 5 a.m. and he doesn't see anything wrong. Um, so between 5 a.m. and just before 6 a.m., obviously Annie Chapman uh, is murdered and becomes the second victim of Jack the Rippers. And so there's this man named Albert Kadash, uh, who lives at 27 Hanbury Street. Um, he's outside sometime around 5.15 and hears a woman say no, no. Um, before hearing the sound of something or someone falling against the fence that divides the backyards. Um, And he didn't go to check it out. He just went back to bed and then told police about it later. As an adult who is woken up pretty uh, consistently um, around this time, I can understand going back to sleep. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's the first thing I want to yeah. do is when I wake up at like 4.30 in the morning is I want to go back to sleep. 
Yeah, the nightmare of waking up early in the morning is looking at your phone and trying to figure out if it's worth just like staying up at that point or Yeah. Oh, no. No. no there's no option to go back to sleep by that point. Yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong. So, uh, there's this woman named Elizabeth Long. She reports seeing Chapman around 5.30 um, in the company of a dark-haired man wearing a brown deer stalker hat and a dark overcoat um, and has, like, a shabby genteel appearance. So, I think this is, like, the first like description that we're getting like of our potential. A bearded man. Yeah. It's, like, the first description we're potentially getting of Jack the Ripper. It'd be kind of funny if it was a John Deere tractor hat instead of a deer stalker hat john deere oh it's terrible tractor oh so according to elizabeth long um the man had asked chapman the question will you to which she had replied yes um so similarly to marianne's body annie chapman's throat was severed by two deep cuts her stomach was entirely cut open but different from marianne's body chapman's had a section of um you know the stomach placed on her left shoulder another section of skin and flesh plus her small intestines removed and placed above her right shoulder and an autopsy revealed that her uterus and sections of her bladder and vagina had been removed um so you can see there's like definitely a leap from the first murder to the second uh pretty disturbing so slightly different is that there's more blood actually found in the scene um, than Marianne's. And there were like six areas of blood splatter on the wall um, between the steps and the wood palings, dividing 27 into 29 and somewhere about 18 inches off of the ground. So a few weeks later, towards the end of the month, there are two more murders that take place pretty quickly within one another of each other. So um, on September 30th of 1888, um, there's Elizabeth Stride and Catherine Eddowes, um, who are both murdered. No. So we'll start with Elizabeth Strides. So one thing that's kind of interesting is that it's believed that she might not actually be a victim of Jack the Ripper's only because she had not been mutilated following her murder like the other victims had been. Um, she's connected because of the, the timing of her death and Catherine Eddowes, but um, her murder was like, you know, less than an hour before Edo's and was within walking distance, but like significantly less gruesome. So we'll get into that a okay. little bit. Um, Stride's body is discovered around 1 a.m. by a man named Louis Daimschultz, who's passing through on his like two wheeled cart with his horse. And the horse like shies to the left abruptly to avoid something in the ground. And um, Lewis, you know, is like trying to investigate, thinks it's just like a, a, pile, tarp. Of, a pile of garbage, basically. Um, and it's not until he like lights a match to be able to see that he finds that it's actually a body. Um, so he runs into the International Working Men's Educational Club to report it and then runs to find a policeman. And then he goes to work. And then he goes to work afterwards. <sighs> Damn. All right. So Stride's body is found. Um, blood is like flowing from the knife inflicted in her neck. So it's pretty fresh. And her hands were cold, but the other parts of her body were still very warm. And some of the patrons of the club said that they had left between 1230 and 1250 and didn't see anything wrong. So remember, her body was found uh, like right around 1 a.m. Um, so there's a man named Dr. Frederick Blackwell. Um you know, he says that her murderer may have pulled her backwards on the ground by this, like, neckerchief, 
um, that she's wearing, you know, before her throat's cut. And um, she was killed by a single swift slash wound left to right across her neck, um, which indicates that her murderer had been right-handed. And that's like a pattern that they find, I think, in four out of the five murders. Um, so we will jump over to Catherine Eddowes. So she's found around 1.45 a.m. by a policeman named Edward Watkins. And he says um, he was in the area around 1.30, didn't see anything wrong. Um, Dr. Frederick Brown arrives at the crime scene just after two o'clock in the morning and he notes the following. So it seems like a lot of these like autopsy notes are coming as like they're doing this in the street where she's found. I guess that would make sense to like not disturb the body, but I don't know. Kind of interesting. I don't, I'm not an expert in that stuff at all. Um, so this part is pretty disturbing. So, um, her clothes were above her abdomen. She had great disfiguration of her face, including um, a severed nose. Her cheek was slashed. The throat was cut, which is the common denominator. Um, she also had a neckerchief. Um, her intestines were drawn out to a large extent and placed over the right shoulder. Two of them, uh, two of them, two, two feet of the intestines were detached and placed between the body and the left arm, um, which was thought to be by design. Her body was still very warm, was dead within the half hour. Um, there weren't any like visible bruises or blood on the skin of the stomach or thighs that they could see. Um, there's like no spurting of blood on the bricks or pavement around her. There's no blood on the front of her clothes. Um, but it's thought that her death was immediate and that the mutilations were inflicted after death. Also another like common element to these murders. And it's discovered that her left kidney and a major part of her uterus were removed. There's definitely um, a consistency there. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Brown says that he believes the murder had knowledge of the position of the organs in the abdomen and how to remove them. Though this thought is like pretty disputed, kind of depending on who you listen to or talk to. Like some people say, oh, you definitely had to know, um, you know, the inner workings of the body in order to know like where to cut and what to pull. Um, and then other people are like, mm, it's such a hack job that like you're literally <laughs> just like, I don't know. I don't know what a good metaphor is, but like you'd figure it out eventually. Yeah. Even you know, uh, if you're slicing into it. Yeah. Even a, a blind squirrel finds a nut. There you go. That Yeah, that's it. That's the metaphor. The last of the five victims is Mary Jane Kelly, and her body was discovered on a bed in the room where she lived at 13 Miller's Court at 1045 in the morning on November 9th, 1888. So there's a little bit of a gap. Um, but I also want to say that this one is the probably the worst of the five. Um, so if you've been slightly disturbed up to this point, maybe just turn the episode off. Um, so her body is discovered when her landlord sent his assistant to collect rent. So Kelly was like six weeks behind on payment and the assistant knocks on the door. There's no answer. He peers into the keyhole, doesn't see anything. Um, there's this like broken window pane that's covered by like clothing or a sheet. Um, and he pushes that aside. He looks through and he sees Kelly's horribly mutilated corpse in bed and there's like a pool of blood collecting underneath um so it's believed that she was murdered between three to nine hours before the discovery and her murder is considered the most brutal 
believed to be such um, because they were in a private room and that the murderer had more time without potentially being discovered and and fearing being discovered Mm -hmm. because all of the other murders were in public. So her autopsy took two and a half hours to complete. The autopsy finds that the extensive mutilations would have taken two hours to perform, which uh, a lot of the other cases, it was like five minutes. Um, And as they're conducting the autopsy, rigor mortis sets in, which suggested that the death was between two o'clock and eight o'clock in the morning. Some of the things that were noted within the autopsy, um, the surface of the abdomen and thighs was removed. The abdominal cavity was completely emptied. The breasts were cut off. The arms were mutilated. The face was hacked beyond recognition. Um, Her uterus, kidneys, and one breast were found under her head. Um, The other breast was by her right foot. The liver was between her feet. The intestines were by the right side of her body. Her spleen was by the left side of her body. Um, Their flaps were removed, like from the abdomen. Her thighs were on the table. Uh, and her nose, cheeks, eyebrows, and ears were all partly removed. This this sounds like someone who's really into uh, medical operations and surgery and is hacking apart to maybe learn more about uh, the body. Or they wanted to be a surgeon and it just didn't work out. Or, um, I don't know, my mind immediately goes to someone who, like, preys on... Uh, you know, vulnerable women and probably have, have like a power struggle complex within themselves. There's a lot more in her autopsy that's really gruesome that I won't get into, but it's thought that she was killed by the slash to her throat. Um, and then the mutilations were performed afterwards, which I just have to say for like as horrifying and gruesome as these are, I'm happy that it seems like these women were not like mutilated alive because i feel like that's a much worse that's, way to go that's fifty thousand times worse yeah it's i don't know kind of really off-putting to think about someone just slicing and dicing and that's i wouldn't say that's as bad as someone alive but this is horrible it's, it's, yeah it's very horrible horrible doesn't cover the word but also shit like this is why we're not a true crime podcast because i could do this maybe once like every other month but um what's interesting particularly about this murder is the person who performed her autopsy said that he didn't really believe that the murder had any medical training or knowledge oh um so that's kind of like your blind squirrel finds a nut sort of thing but what is clear is that the murders obviously became much more severe as they continued uh, with the exception of strides which may have just been because they were interrupted and he couldn't do more I guess than uh, maybe he wanted Um, so I guess just maybe like recapping the escalation so Nichols wasn't missing any organs Um, Chapman's uterus and sections of her bladder and vagina were taken Eddowes had her uterus and left kidney removed and her face was mutilated. And then Kelly's body was extensively eviscerated with her face gashed in all directions, the tissue of her neck being severed to the bone. um, And the heart was the sole body organ just completely missing from the crime scene. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So Mary Jane Kelly is considered to be the last victim. Um, There's a lot more murders that happen after these five um, that could potentially be linked. But when you start to read into them, there's a lot of, like, differences in the postmortems or inconsistencies and, like, 
I, I don't know, the way that they were murdered. So it, it kind of depends. I, I guess, like, the reason that they thought that Mary Jane Kelly's was the last, obviously, based on the patterns, was they thought maybe the killer was in jail or left town or died. Who knows? Um, but there are a lot more deaths that happen after this that could potentially be linked. Um, but in, in terms of, like, these five cases... There's an investigation done, a pretty extensive investigation. Um, there's this reward that's offered. There's like more than 2,000 people interviewed, up to 300 people actually investigated as, you know, suspects. Um, 80 people were detained. And there was a lot of thinking that Jack the Ripper was like a butcher or a slaughterer or a surgeon or a physician because of the mutilations. Um, so because of this, they interviewed like 76 butchers and slaughterers in town um and like the surrounding area uh just to i guess get like alibis from all of them and they were all cleared um there was nothing suspicious about any of them and so no one was ever found guilty for the heinous murders um which i think is horrifying not that that person would still be alive today right no so they're still out there (laughs) yeah i mean at that point i think they were still out there but i don't I don't really know. I mean, there's a lot of theories, I think, about what happened to Jack the Ripper, and maybe we'll also save that for another episode, but um, I think this was a lot for today. I think another reason to maybe break the episodes up is there's a lot of mystery behind it, so, like, the letters are not very gruesome. They're just very interesting, and for someone who's not really into, like, the gruesome side of this shit, might just want to listen to the letters. And not have to listen to all this disgusting stuff before getting to it. Um, so yeah, that's kind of it for today. I guess I'll stop it there because that was a lot of really heavy content for like a half hour straight. Um, but I do want to pick it up next week for the letters to kind of talk about like the mystery behind Jack the Ripper and maybe some of the theories behind who he was or like what happened to him. That sounds great. All I know is uh seems about 15,000 times easier to commit a crime in the old days oh, than yeah. it is now. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean I mean not that I would commit a crime like this. No. At any sure, time. Sure, sure you wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. Yeah, wink. D- don't wink at me. Wink. <laughs> I w- I wouldn't. Sure uh, you wouldn't. No, I w- stop, yeah. stop winking. <laughs> Yeah. The FBI is going to come to the fucking house. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not I, in danger. Yeah. No. <laughs> Chuckles, I'm in danger. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I would never. But I think it was definitely a lot easier back then to kind of get away with this shit than it is now, especially because... But you can't even tell someone's dead. Yeah. <laughs> okay, oh. Yeah, true. <laughs> oh, looks like she had a little too much to yeah. drink. No, she's been dead for like three hours. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, oh. better get to work. <laughs> Boss is really on my ass. Uh, yeah, no, I think these days it's a lot easier to kind of track people and, and see what everybody's up to, but yeah, that's it for today. Uh, that was heavy. That was a lot. Um, usually don't do this kind of stuff, but, uh, you know, thought it was interesting for the anniversary. So we'll jump back into it next week and I guess with the letters. Yeah. With the letters. Nice. Yeah. And we'll do a little two-parter, maybe three-parter, probably just two parts. Jack the author. Ja- <laughs> uh, okay. Well, that's it. Thanks so much for joining us this week. We'll talk to you next week. 
and uh see you later okay bye bye